This is how we do. Oh, look at you letting your hair flow down. L'Oreal, because I'm worth it. I've had it cut, haven't I? So, you know. Oh, oh so you just show it up. You just show it off. Oh, but it's because it can actually, I can actually do stuff with it now. I've had it cut. What do you want to do with it? <laughs> uh, that. Oh, no, that that's the, that's the word for the hair when you do it, like, zhuzh it. Yeah. Zhuzh it. Zhuzh it. it. Greetings, EastEnders fans, and welcome to another episode of Albert Square After Dark, your weekly EastEnders podcast. This week, discussing the episodes broadcast between the 28th and the 31st of August 2023. And what a bloody week it was. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait to start discussing this week. It's very, very exciting. Um, my name's Rob. Hello there. I hope you're well. Joining me, as per usual, is the delightful Re. All right there, Re. How you doing? Wagwan, right, someone would say. Wagwan. Wagwan. Wagwan, sweetness. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, Wagwan, sweetness. Oh. Wagwan, sweetness. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy I mean, I don't know how we're going to. It was a cackle, I think. It was an Elaine cackle. cackle. You're, you uh, whinged ah, about her cackle. Oh, no. Whinged about her cackle last week, and now you're, and now you're slowly channeling it's Elaine. Contagious. It is. Contagious, um, Safe to say, Re, we've got quite a lot to discuss this week, but. First things first, something that must take precedence, it's September, so we now have to change the calendar. Uh, so we go from August, the summer is gone. I mean, actually, is it? Is it? Is, is summer, is, is September still summer? Did I we even Did we even it. have summer anyway, though, to be fair? Arguably not. This is a, this is a British, can you tell you listen to a British podcast? Stop talking about the weather and whinging about the temperatures. <laughs> right, so August is gone. Say goodbye to August and say hello to September. Ah, oh, there she is, old Shazza. Now... I mean that. I want to say she's out, that she yeah. do you, she is there. Um, I want to say that she's wearing her white trainers below that picture, and that she's about to run after a car. Oh, what is it? So, for anyone listening, she stood outside the community centre. Yeah, yeah, holding a bag. But I've got a feeling that so she ran think- like. I just got a feeling that the way that she is standing there, looking all annoyed and sort of, <laughs> sort of proud of us. I think I've got a feeling that was an episode. I've got an episode that that was a scene where like someone was after Denny or something and tried to get into a car and Sharon ended up giving chase okay. with a crowbar or something. I've got, I've got, I've got a vague memory of that. But if anybody's watching that, uh, let us know where you think that picture is from. So that is September's Sharon. Um, but away from Sharon, we have a much more important lady to discuss this week, and that would be Cindy. What a week it has been. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we had lots of messages this week saying, oh, I can't wait for the podcast this week. It's got to be a double episode. You've got, you've got so much to discuss. And yes, we have, because it was only the one story this week. And we we're thinking, well, how can we really discuss a whole hour at least worth of podcast for just one story? So what we have decided to do, ladies and gentlemen, is to take each episode and discuss each episode as we would normally do for the stories. So we have many, many notes. All right. Me and Ree was saying that we both went to uni and we are amazed by how many words we've got here. I've got about 3,000 words worth of notes here. It's ridiculous. If, 3, had any, if, if you had any <laughs> idea of what we used to go through trying to write essays, because we used to distract each other, that's who we were that, to each other badly, at uni, right? Very badly. This, yeah. this is impressive. If you're it's listening, so scrolling through our iPhone notes right now with how many yeah. words we've written about this week, many, it's insane. Many words. 
It's like war of the <laughs> it's like war and peace on my phone right now. So many words. Anyway, uh, should we get on with it, Ray? I think we need to to get through these. Let's do it. So we start with Monday's episode. We begin the week in the graveyard and Cindy has gone to see Lucy's grave, which is a nice little moment, I thought. You know, and you kind of get the you kind of get the impression that this is the first time that she's actually had this opportunity to go and see Lucy's grave. Um and Peter has joined her there, and Cindy is fretting about the bruise that Peter has got. She's like, oh my God, are the Fords after you? Are the Fords after you? And Peter's like, no, no, someone was arguing with me about chips. It's fine. Don't worry about that. Um, and meanwhile, whilst all that is going on, and they're sort of remembering Lucy and having conversations, Elaine and George are preparing for Anna's 21st birthday. Now, straight away, I love the framing of this. Like, it's so classic EastEnders for all, like, a big reveal to be happening whilst there is a big event going on, isn't it? Like, and it feels like it's been a long time since we've had that sort of, since we've had that, hasn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to think last time that that did happen, and I can't, so. Well, well, it normally happens. Well, I mean, no, not really. It tends to kind of happen around weddings normally, or something. It's normally yeah, weddings because it, it's mm. something. It te- it has to be something that sort of gathers the square together. Uh, and obviously, yeah. because this is a big twenty-first birthday, Elaine has gone around and just basically invited anybody that she can because you know all of Anna's yeah. friends are in Spain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Liked. When she said to cat quite... in cafe, yeah, I need to gather the yeah. troops because she ain't got any uh, friends here. So yeah, ways. exactly. And I quite enjoyed her, but her saying to Bernie, "Oh yeah, you're invited because we can't because we haven't got any of Anna's friends here, so you'll have to do." And Bernie's like, "Oh, yeah. right, cheers for that." Oh, thanks. <laughs> so Bernie quite fancies Anna, doesn't she? I remember her, like yeah, there's been a few we... things, doesn't she? Bless her. Yeah, we've got that impression, didn't we, when they first came along? Yeah, she was definitely eyeing her up. Yes. Um, now, one thing I wanted to mention because you know I'm turning into you here when I go into into sort of mad theories here okay oh yes you're like you're like this george and anna um uh, george and elaine give anna uh a birthstone for her birthday and it's uh peridot Peridot. i've never heard of it i've never heard of this i've never heard of that one either no do you know what your birthstone is i think it's aquamarine actually and i don't know where that's just come from in my brain but i think it's (laughs) like that that out of nowhere didn't you mine's (laughs) mine's opal apparently Oh, cool. a bit of a, oh that's a I nice know. one. That's a good one. This is what this is what happens. I will go into a rabbit hole while I'm supposed to be doing something else. Oh, I'll find out about I'll find out about birthstones while I'm here. Uh but Peridot, I had a look online. It is olive green. That is the colour of it, and it's yeah. known for like being olive green. Now, my theory here is we haven't got a green within the six. So oh, if, stop is, it. Stop is, it, is it in, Rob. I nearly swore is, into you then. <laughs> Is Cindy gonna maybe be a, a you know a seventh, and green is gonna green. be her colour? Yeah, green with envy. envy. I mean, that would, yeah, like envy would suit Cindy down to the ground, wouldn't it? Mm. So, um, I thought you were gonna something... say Anna for a second. Well, no, because but I know what I mean is though the fact that because it was Cindy's reveal week and Cindy coming back, okay. I wondered whether that was maybe connected because it was, just seemed like quite a random thing to do because they made quite a thing of the birthstone, didn't they? Like her putting it on and showing it and. I just now wondered. you've said it, yeah, why that? They could have just picked a random necklace, couldn't they? I know that's a nice necklace, but instead they've really yeah. gone in on the... Pe- mm, you might have a point there, Rob. And also, this is how far I went into this. <laughs> Go on. The, sci- the scientific uh, kind of code for it, uh, there's like there's a few different like um, periodic, you know, like H2O for, for water and all that I understand the quite... periodic table, yes, Yeah, Rob. Like, good, but I don't. So, <laughs> Neither do um, I, actually. But uh, there's quite a few of them in Peridot 
and if you and they are an anagram of ego, ego like something to, ego, egotal, e, something to do with ego. E, but it's something to do with the word. It's something to do with egotistical and ego. If you like, do an anagram of what all the wow, scientific. Wow, you've really yeah. gone into this, Rob. <laughs> uh, I think you might be pushing it, but if you Maybe. If you're not pushing it, there's the woman. Way. Says the woman who thought that it was going to be a big old relevance to bird poo on Phil Mitchell's door. Still think there is. Still uh, think there is. Still right, think then. there is. Well, so, well, mark my words. we'll have to wait and see. Um, Kathy and Rocky have returned from the honeymoon and they are re- immediately pulled into uh, preparing food for Anna's party. <laughs> Rocky's kind of like... They've not even that. walked... Yeah, they've not even not walked, even through, walked the door through the door and they've had to go and get a load of eggs. Sorry, I nearly swore again. I need to swore. What's wrong with it? But it's... But it's not even... It's not even, But, like, it's not even just easy food. They've got to prepare, like, tapas and all that kind of thing, like, for a Spanish-themed Spanish party. Spanish omelettes. Yeah. What's Spanish well, we about gotta... a Spanish omelette? Does anyone know? It wears a little sprom- sombrero. Ah, tequila. No, that's exactly what it is. That's Mexican, sorry. That's Mexican, Uh, (laughs) Rick. And before Bobby can breach the subject of Peter to Kathy, she's kind of sent him and Rocky off to the chippy. Um, Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, uh, Ian has been ringing Peter and trying to check on the progress of how it is going, kind of keeping Cindy away from the square. And the answer to that is not well, because while he's on the phone, Cindy slips away and finds herself back on the square. Now, I loved this thing of Cindy kind of arriving back on the square and sort of the old meets the new, sort of like her wandering around and sort of interacting with newer characters and sort of like the newness of stuff going on around her as she kind of takes in this place that she didn't, she hasn't seen for 25 years. Loved that. How much, how much must it have changed? You know, when you've not been somewhere for a few years and then you go, oh, that's yeah. changed, that's changed. It must have been like yeah. a new city for, well, a new little neighborhood for it was, her. It was, it was a new I, set for a start. Well, I found it fascinating because, like, she was walking behind Kim and um, Dee at one point, and I'm yes. like, as if she didn't know them two, and then like bumped into Cat. Like, of course she didn't know Cat. They were they all come after that was Cindy the, left. Yeah, this was the mad thing for me that Cat doesn't even know Cindy, and Cat's been yeah. there since I think 2000, like two years after yeah. Cindy left. Like, Madness. there is only a handful of characters that know Cindy. So you've got Phil and Sharon, obviously, because they know everybody. Uh, And then you've got Martin and Sonia, who would have been around for Cindy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, And literally, no, that's a a Kathy, obviously. Yeah, but that's about it. Like, you kind of think, how much has the cast changed in 25 years? Like, what about Patrick? Breathe. No, Patrick was 2000. I had a look. Patrick was 2001. Uh, Even Billy. Even Billy wasn't around. He arrived a few months after Cindy left. He, he arrived in 1998, I think, and he arrived um, uh, like a few months after Cindy left. Because I was trying to find people that might wow. know him. Yeah, not even Billy. Madness, wow. isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Cindy sort of makes her way through the square. There's a nice little kind of ships passing in the night thing as the girls pass, as the daughters pass behind her, and she's trying to avoid Sharon, who she does recognise instantly. Uh, and then she makes her way to the calf because she's trying to find Kathy because she decided, right, okay, well, I just need to rip the plaster off here because I'm looking, you know, I need, to, I want to come back to Walford. She's decided that she wants to kind of come back to Walford. Uh, I don't know why though, because she doesn't know the daughters are here at this point. So she's just decided, I think, that Walford feels more like home than France does. She was getting, she was getting sus, weren't she, about Peter and why he were back, mm. and she had a bad feeling. That's why she start, That's why she yeah. went back to Walford, weren't it? And then, yeah, mm. then she thought, well, Yola might as well go and uh, tell Kathy I'm still alive because you know I'm allowed to tell yeah. people now. Why exactly. Uh, so she goes into the calf. She can't find. Obviously, Kathy isn't there. So she wanders across to 
the Beale's house and straight into Cappy's kitchen. Just strolls in. Just strolls in. This woman who's supposed to have been dead for 25 years just strolls in knowing no care really about the impact that no, this knock. is actually not going even, to have. Didn't, he, didn't even so knock. much as knock on door. Because no. Pauline used to leave the back door open and Cathy has, con- has continued that tradition. Uh, now, this moment where Cathy first lays eyes on Cindy. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, the really double really. take. The yeah. double take. She's kind of like, oh, yeah, well, can you help too? And then actually kind of has to stop, drops the knife and then just stares at this woman. I mean, it was just, just a fantastic moment of just Cathy just flabbergasted by what she's this person that she's seen before her. I'm surprised that she went like, am I dreaming? Am I hallucinating? Well, Is this a ghost? Yeah. But, they, but straight away, like, of course, of course she's alive. Of yeah, is. of course you are. This, this is exactly the sort alive. of stunt that you'd pull. Um, yeah, yeah well, she, she kind of, well, she kind of went through the options of maybe I've got Rocky's COVID. Maybe I'm hallucinating. Maybe I'm just going absolutely crazy. Like, What was relevant <laughs> about Rocky having COVID, by the way? Sorry, while we're I have on no that, idea. There's just no, I have no, po- idea. There was no point in making Rocky have COVID. Anyway, sorry. I think it was I think I it was just because they, they were just trying to sort of extend the cruise for longer. But I don't know why they did that. I think it was kind of just like, well, maybe uh, it was just a three-week three cruise. That exists. You know, that's a, that's the a thing. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe don't maybe know. there. Anyway, so... I mean, the Cindy and Kathy standoff. I mean, let's just talk about that. Amazing, right? It was just like the dialogue between them. It was zingy. It was zappy. It was classic sort of camp EastEnders women kind of standoff. Sort of, oh, there was, and there was, there was some amazing lines in there. Um, Kathy turning around to Cindy and saying, well, you know, you dying in childbirth, thought that was too good to be true. <laughs> it was harsh. so harsh. That was so harsh, wasn't it? I mean, you sort of get it in terms of Kathy yeah. because she doesn't know she doesn't normally come out with lines like that. But this is no. Cindy who tried to have her son killed, you know. And yeah. there is that. You know, there's <laughs> there's a lot of very kind of choppy waters under the bridge between these two. Mm. Um, you know, another brilliant line. Um, sort of. Uh, what was it? The sorry, I tried to have you killed, Ian, but now I'm on my uppers and I need you again. Oh, whoopsie! Look at that. My knickers are on the floor. <laughs> great stuff. Absolutely great. She didn't stuff. hold back, did she, Cathy? She, she didn't. She really didn't. And why should she? Why should she? Um, but the, the thing I was stunned by here was the fact that, you know, Cathy was going on at Cindy about, like, how well, if you were a proper mum, you wouldn't have done this sort of secret identity stuff. And you're sort yeah, of like, yeah. come on, Cathy, really? Pop like kettle the hypocr- black. Exactly. Like the hypocrisy yeah. here. And I think. You're sort of waiting for Cindy to go, uh, hang on a minute, love. But I think what Cindy was doing at that moment was sort of just trying to be the bigger person. Like, she was expecting this from Kathy. She was expecting a load of kind of diatribe, mm. diatribe at her, like, you know. But I think it just, Kathy just needled her and needled her and needled her to the point where she was just like, right, you want, you want to talk about, you want to talk about faking your death, do you? Let's talk about you and, Sabat- and South Africa, shall we? Um and then it just sort of builds up and builds up until we get like a good old fashioned soap double slap. I, do you know what? My favourite line out of it though were how Cindy delivered it when she went, I've heard Ben's a right psycho because of you. I was like, oh, snap, Cindy's back. <laughs> That's what we've been I mean. waiting for. Yeah. Yeah, this is. And this was a thing throughout the week, you know. We've seen, you know, we've seen that Cindy is sort of you know she's very maternal and we know that she's genuine with her feelings about the kids you know and she wants them back in her life but you're kind of waiting for that old cindy to sort of re-emerge and there was little flashes of it throughout the week and i think this was the first sort of moments of that with the, mm. with the standoff with kathy wasn't it 
Yeah, like mm, bringing definitely. up bringing this, this sort of thing. But they have a tussle. <laughs> Cappy just kind of just launches herself at Cindy. Uh, Cindy goes flying across the room uh, and Lucy's photo gets smashed. And that's sort of the first sort of real moment where the two of them just sort of take a step back and talk about where they both were during Lucy's death. You know, they've both got regrets about the fact that they were both faking their deaths at the same time whilst, Lynn, whilst uh, when Lucy was killed, <laughs> which again is something hilarious that they have in common. <laughs> Like, it really well, is. You know what? I don't think it's going to get brought up again, is it, that they have this common Do you know this thing in common? No, I don't I can... think so. I don't think it got brought up enough about Cathy. It was just, like, really that one little comment, and then they've not really said anything else about it. Mm, it's like, oh, I, well, I... That... And now Cathy went, oh, that were totally different circumstances. And it was like... It was though. I mean, it, was, it was different. But yeah. also saying that Cindy were wrong to do it for her reasons... I don't know. I don't see how Kathy's reasons were better than Cindy's for doing it. Do you? Well, I I, so I was thinking about this because I was trying to think because obviously there was hypocrisy going on from Kathy from that conversation. Yeah. Of course there was, but you also sort of think about it, right? If you look at the reasons as to why both of these two did it, and actually both reasons are really sort of rooted in there. Like Kathy was in an abusive relationship and so had to sort of to stay away. We know that Cindy basically grasped somebody up in prison so that she could get out of prison. Oh, so it's from, it, it was and then placed herself in danger because of that mm. and then had to be protected because of her own actions. So it's sort of just like so Cindy's reason was very Cindy and the fact that she was just doing it for herself, basically. Like you can't tell yeah. me. You yeah, know, because I wrote, I think Kathy did say at one point you could have just saved your time and then you could have seen your kids after you'd yeah. done it. And instead she just decided to risk being on run forever, didn't she? Mm. Yeah. All right, yeah, you've convinced me. All right, fair enough. You know, it's there. You can, you can sort of. I can see it from both of their points of view, but I think that Kathy does have more of a point in this regard. And there is oh. so much history between them in terms of Kathy utterly despised Cindy by the end. It, like it was, it was brilliant. I just, I loved the standoff between them. It was just classic soap, soap campness, and it's just what you wanted as well, wasn't it? It was just exactly the only thing I would say about Monday's episode was that I wish it had been longer. Because I wanted more, yeah. I could have watched a whole. I could have watched a whole episode of just those two, just kind of catching yeah, up definitely. and hurling insults at each other. And it was like every single time it cut away from Cindy and from Cindy and Kathy, I was kind of, oh, no, go back, go back. I want more. I want more of that. So yeah, it was. I, the, I think that back in the day, I think that might that that first episode, or at least one of the episodes this week, would have been an hour long, and that would have been perfect. Yeah, it would have been actually. Did you notice yeah. at one point as well that Kathy seemed like she was softening when they were talking? I felt like she was softening yeah. towards Cindy and they were just having a very normal, civilized conversation. And yeah, then she just I flipped again. Yeah, I kind of feel that there was an element of Kathy sort of putting herself in, like, you know, because they're both mothers at the end of the day and they both have, mm. regardless of the circumstances as to how it happened they have both had to be away from their kids because of a, a, because of like hiding who they are and hiding their identity and like having to be effectively on the run. So she, I think Kathy has got kind of like a modicum of sympathy for what Cindy has had to go through in order to get to where she is now. But that's where the similarity in Kathy's mind ends. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it, uh, it was great. It was great. So um, meanwhile in the nights, you kind of get the feeling that all of them are sort of thinking about Rose. You know, Anna and Gina are sort of have a nice conversation where they're sort of sharing memories about about sort of their mum growing up. 
Elaine's going mad trying to prepare for the party because she wants the first big birthday that she's been there for to be absolutely perfect. So she's arranged this. She's, she's going crazy, like trying to make everything absolutely perfect. And George is kind of like a bit distracted and not really concentrating. And you can kind of, and he then later says to Elaine, right, well, the thing is, you going mad like this has reminded me of Rose because this is the sort of thing that she would do for them. Which, is that a compliment? Or is, is that something that, like, how would you feel in the Elaine's situation like that if you were being compared? Like, it, it's, I don't even know how you would react to that. I know, it were a bit weird, I thought, actually, because it was like, yeah, is it a compliment? Or I, I guess he were trying to say in a way you're taking on the mother role. Was that what he were trying to imply? I did wonder yeah, that yeah, myself. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it kind of works for an excuse as to why you were thinking about her. It's like, oh, well, it's because you've made me think about her because of how you're being. Yeah, well, uh, and also, and also, she's clearly on Elaine's mind as well because George has been preparing this slideshow to be shown through, kind of like flicking through as the party, uh, and Elaine is kind of look trying to find a, a photo of Rose in there because she obviously hasn't seen a photo of her before, so she's curious as well. So it's not like you know Elaine's thinking about it as well, like. And G and Anna clearly wants her mum at the party. That would be her ultimate wish, which we do refer to later on in the week. Um, so Kathy and uh, Cindy, meanwhile, have sort of put their argument to, into bed because Elaine's ringing Kathy up and going, "Where's the phone? Where's the phone? Where's the phone?" Um, so Cindy offers to help, and Kathy's like, "Well, I've got nothing. I've got no no other nobody else to help me." So this is a really mad moment where sort of these old enemies are just sort of making tapas together. <laughs> You know, it is random, um, that isn't it? Especially if you just had that massive argument, but fair yeah. enough. Yeah, you know, slapping and tapas. You know, that's that's EastEnders down to the ground this week, really, isn't it? Um, Peter Peter arrives back in the house, uh, and sort of I like that moment where he sort of looks between Cindy and Kathy. He's like, ah, you've done this bit, then. Yeah, I, I don't need to worry about about this. You've made up or something. And there's a nice moment where Kathy's like, never mind, uh, get in the living room. You and me need to chat, which which I quite liked. And then she sends Cindy off. To, yes, like, with, to the, the with the plates towards the Vic. Night has fallen at this point. Gina and Anna are on their way back to the Vic for the party and a taxi pulls up with Ian inside. Now, I want to talk about Ian briefly because amongst all the madness of this week and the fact of the Cindy brilliance, I think it's easy to forget Ian's back. Ian's back back yeah. and he has been missed. I really missed Ian. I'm so happy yeah. he's back. The show hasn't felt right without him, I don't think. No, it's not. He's slotted right back in. It's like he's never. It's like he's never left her. Yeah. Here, isn't it? It's yeah. really good yeah. to see him back. And obviously that first that first part of him being back, where Gina and Anna being like, Ugh, "What are you looking <laughs> at?" That was brilliant. It's so on brand for Ian. Like he hasn't yeah. been on the square for two years. The second he sets foot <laughs> on the square, he's getting yeah. abused from someone. <laughs> Yeah. So Ian, yeah. but he's but he's instantly kind of like, oh my god, it's the girls! Like the, the second he steps, the second he steps out of the square, he's, and then he's and they're walking towards the vic, and then he turns around, and Cindy's coming out of the Beagle's house with these plates. He's kind of like, what is going on? This is madness! I need to stop this immediately. Um, makes it obvious that Cindy's kind of walk, making her way towards the vic. He's desperately trying to stop her. Um, the party begins. You know, nice kind of big moment with everyone there. Really nice moment actually. I, I liked. I liked the party itself. It, kind of, it felt like a real kind of community event where everyone was just having a great time. Um, but George steps out of the Vic for a bit of fresh air. I'm assuming he just kind of stands there. He got a bit overwhelmed, I think, didn't he? he was supposed to Maybe, think yeah. He was having a I'm moment. feeling a bit emotional about you know yeah. Anna turning 21. Yeah. Yeah, he was having a moment. But then he and Cindy clap eyes on each other for the first time, and it is an amazing duff duff, isn't it? Like a great duff duff. It was so exciting. It were. Is that the one that I sent you a selfie of me? My reaction. So yes. Like, oh my <laughs> god. Yeah. Really... Platters. I was like, ah. 
Yeah, uh, I'll yeah. Re sent me a selfie of her face, just looking stunned after after she'd watched it, and it was a great duff duff. Like it was beautifully built up to. I thought like you really kind of waited for that moment where they first set eyes on each other, and you kind of, and actually you kind of think, oh my god, we're here already, and it's already Monday. You know, like yeah, George yeah. and Cindy have set eyes on each other. It was really really exciting. She drops the plates, they clatter to the ground. It's George. It's Rose. Oh, and, and Ian is just stood there, like, yeah, that's that's it. That's that's my new life over and done with. Then, yeah, <laughs> like, brilliant. See you later. Brilliant. <laughs> really, really strong start to the week. Monday, I absolutely loved Monday's episode. It was so, it was a blast, wasn't it? It was just such yeah. fun. The Cindy yeah. and it and Kathy stuff really nicely done, and you know, kind of like the build up to the party. It felt like the start of a really big week didn't it like it felt like we yeah. were we were strapping in for like a for, for a ride yeah it was definitely. really really good fun yeah i was really, surprised really that it i was i was definitely surprised that she saw george at the end of that episode i was yeah it, but that's it. i think that's why i was so shocked when it happened mm. i'm like no way what's gonna happen yeah yeah amazing amazing stuff right then so that was monday uh, and now we move on to Tuesday, and Tuesday was a big one. So, to Tuesday's episode, I mean, as a whole, this has to be one of my favourite episodes ever. I just absolutely loved everything about Tuesday's episode. And it made it feel, I thought, like an anniversary week. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it had yeah, that real yeah, sort of... I do know what you mean, Yeah. It had that sort of real big kind of epic feel to it. Um, to the point where Tuesday, I think, actually really was the peak of the week. Like, I think we were... I think because Tuesday was so kind of mad and kind of and big and everything everything was going on, we were kind of flashing back and all that kind of thing. It kind of made, made the rest of the week feel a bit more business as usual. Like, the rest of the week wasn't bad, but I the Tuesday was just, like, the pinnacle. I absolutely loved yeah. it. Um, so... We return to uh, Cindy and George staring at each other like mad. And, Indi- and Ian is kind of desperately trying to kind of drag her away. It's far too late by this point. Um, and George <laughs> kind of leads <laughs> far too late. Like, he's, he can do Why were we bothering you? Like, oh, oh, come on, love. Oh, no, this is madness. This is madness. madness. Like, yeah, like, she's just going to walk off. Yeah, of course. Oh, no, you're right, Ian. This, this, is, this is absolute oh, insanity. Yeah. Off we go. <laughs> Yeah. Can you take these. Can you can you clear up this, these plates I've just dropped on the floor, George? Cheers. Yeah. Have, a, have a good night. Bye. No, that wasn't going to happen. George leads Cindy into the barrel store so that they can actually have a conversation. And Ian is just left to pay for the taxi. <laughs> like, oh, I'm back in Walford then. My life's falling apart. Here we are, back in Albert Square. I don't understand why everybody was kind of saying that. Yeah, Ian. The best thing for Ian's health is to return to Walford. <laughs> can you have a laugh? Do they not know? Do they not know what happens on Albert Square? Square. I mean, why would like, you tell him to go back there? Who's selling baguettes in France? That's the most chilled the, life you can have, surely. And the best, the, the most chilled two and a half years of Ian's life have been when he's not been in Albert Square. Like this has been the best time of his life. He's got back with Cindy, and he's got Peter, and they're living in a nice villa in France with a pool. Yep. Like he's never been so chilled. Oh yeah, now come back to Albert Square. Your life will be much more <laughs> relaxing yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, all right, all right. Um. So George and Cindy kind of starts talking and George is like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, you can't just walk back into our lives. And at that moment where they're sort of talking about, like, how, why is Cindy here? And Cindy's like, well, why are you here? And you kind of actually realise, actually, this is a, a mad coincidence, isn't it, really? Like, <laughs> a crazy coincidence. 
Now, you can kind of get around it by the fact that I think Elaine is the key point in this because obviously yeah. Linda lives here. So Elaine has kind of arrived for Linda and then she's kind of brought these people with her. But if you actually do sit and think about it, it is a mad coincidence that all of these people have sort of been dragged back into their lives by a Wolford. But who cares? Do you know what, right? I was thinking this, what a crazy coincidence. And I've got a, sorry, a little digression. I've got a friend in Australia oh, at the minute. Who oh, right. who's been my friend from school and she's bumped into somebody that we used to be friends with at school on the Australian coast. So these coincidences do happen. There you go. Because I'm mind blown by that. So lots of coincidences this week. Yeah, I mean, it, don't get me wrong. I ain't, I ain't criticising it. I don't care because it was it was no. just so brilliant. But it, you, it's kind of those moments when they when they were talking about it, it's kind of like, oh yeah, that is quite a massive kind of coinky dick, isn't it? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Ian sort of decides to go into the laundrette and just sort of sits down and says, like, it's all over. My happiness and my calmness is over, like, feeling his, his next heart attack brewing. Um, Kathy and Peter, they're busy talking. Um, Kathy's not in the slightest bit interested about hearing about Cindy. She just wants to talk about the money. Nice moment here where Peter sort of apologises for taking the money and they sort of kind of discuss the Ben stuff. The thing is, with a lot of this, I kind of felt like, the conversations that were happening and it was the same with sort of Ian and Sharon later on in the week where that you sort of that it's a few sort of pieces of dialogue and it's just like right that's clearly just been put to bed we're just not gonna we're not really gonna talk about that again which fine you know it's about moving yeah. forward I think with a week like this and you know madness of the past will address it we'll kind of we'll kind of like say right okay you did that I did this and then we'll just move on, you know. Fine, fine. And, not it's, a and it's kind of sometimes what happens in families as well, to be fair, because yeah, family's family, isn't it? So it's also kind of believable as well. So yeah, bad yeah, and bad you, exactly. And you know that Kathy is 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 okay because she makes pizza cheese on toast. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. She, She's on toast as as soon as that's as soon as that's on the table, all is well. You know, everything that means can be sorted. Everything's sorted. Everything's fine. If me and you have a rowry, if I know you've made me cheese on toast and I know I'm off the hook, you know, all all is well with the world. It'd be a bacon sandwich though, Rob, but yeah. Yes, it would. Oh, we've had many bacon sandwiches over the years, haven't we? Should have a bacon sandwich. <laughs> we have. The next time we meet, we should have a bacon sandwich. It must must Definitely. be done. Must be done. Um <laughs> The party, meanwhile, is in full swing. Um, oh, see, now this is where the, this is where Bobby really sort of started to break my heart this week. <laughs> like, oh my god, I felt so much for Bobby this week. He gives Anna a cookery course for her birthday. Where he thought this was, why is my first question. Like, why, why? I don't know. I don't even know. I'm trying to. Oh, what, have I missed something? Has she said that she wants to learn how to cook, or has he been telling <laughs> no. her he's going to teach her how to cook? No. Just a Bobby. It's a very Ian thing a to do. I do. I'm telling you, I see these little similarities. Uh, yeah. Ian would buy that yeah. someone, wouldn't he? Yeah, you can sort of imagine Ian doing that because he'd be training his next girlfriend to work in one of his businesses. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. it's all bless, <laughs> bless him. And then, and the thing is, Anna's kind of bemused by this, but like, oh no, that's lovely. Thank you, thank you very much. But then Freddie steps forward and gives her a sort of, I think, was it an adoption of a lemur or something, isn't it? Like he's yeah, that's so called I was Fred. thinking it was a lemur. Yeah, I think it's a lemur or a meerkat yeah. or something like that. It was a cute little animal that obviously someone like Anna is going to be like, oh. I love it. Thank you so much. It's so cute. And of course, it's called Fred. I've, oh, me and Freddy fell out this week. Let me, let me just put it like that. It's big time I've fallen out with Freddy. Um, so that's all going on. Then Bobby's kind of crestfallen and, and sort of worried that him, that Anna and Freddy are sort of getting closer. Where would he get an idea like that? Um, 
Cindy then begins to explain about the witness protection. She's told George about everything that's going on, and George is kind of like, well, if there was what... The interesting thing here is, and this is another moment where you could sort of see flashes of the old Cindy, because George asks her, well, why were you in prison in the first place? And he goes, oh, well, uh, well, well, a bit of a misunderstanding, a bit of a silly thing. They thought I'd tried to kill my my husband. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that. They thought, they thought, yeah, there were no truth in it with a Cindy, of course not. Aren't Walford police silly? They're coming up with a silly, silly explanation like that. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know what she, I mean, yeah, obviously, I don't think she would ever want George to think that that's what she had actually tried to do. But I think it just fell out of her mouth so easily that I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised if she's even managed to persuade Ian that there was some that it wasn't as bad as he thought it was, you know? Possibly. It's... No, I wouldn't be surprised. Because otherwise, how has he forgiven her like that? Mm. But, this is the thing well. with the Ian and Cindy thing. Because obviously, we'll talk about where we go next to in a minute, and it was all amazing and I loved it. But I would have really have liked to have had a moment like that talking about how Cindy and Ian came into each other's lives again. Yeah, I th- I'm hoping we're going to see that next week because they only brushed on it and they can't just leave it at, yeah. oh, she found me. That's... There is a lot. Yeah, there is a lot that we don't actually know yet. I think there's still a lot mm. of questions because uh, well, well, we'll talk about that in a second because next is the most amazing part of the week, of the month, possibly the year. <laughs> like, I loved everything, everything about this. Oh, that's good. Um, so, I mean, George is basically kind of like, right, well, go on then, explain it to me. Why did you leave? What went on? Like, tell me the truth now. What actually happened? And so we flash back to Spain on the 19th of April, 2014. Hmm, why that date? <laughs> um, so we're in a villa in Spain. Cindy's become very used to living in villas. So I don't know how she's going to settle back in Walford after living in such luxury for all these years. In that cramped um, house. I know, right? Um, George and Cindy are arguing. Um, Cindy, he, Cindy seems to have developed a bit of a drinking habit in this time. Like she's like, there's, it's these two. When Cindy leaves, it's clear. It's quite clear, I think, that these two are on a very like their relationship is skating on very thin ice as it is. You know, yeah, like they're clearly so. having a lot of problems. Cindy is apparently drinking a lot, and she is basically accusing George of of, of like having affairs and flirting with all the bar staff and everything. And uh, you know, they, they've got a very kind of damaged, toxic relationship. It it seems. I got I got hints of George being um, a bit abusive, actually. If I'm honest with you, in some ways. I don't know about that. I think not it in was what more... you're thinking. Not how you're thinking. Oh, what you mean, controlling? Yeah, because he said, oh, well, I've had all these opportunities and I've not done it, but heaven knows. And I thought, would you say that in that situation? That, to me, were a bit... Mm, I don't know. I don't think that's the right thing to say there. Like, oh, I've had all I these d- opportunities and I've not. And heaven knows, yeah. you've driven me to it that I could have done it because of you. You know, it'd be your fault if I did go for that. I don't know, that's what I yeah, got but, a hint of. I don't know. I don't. I mean, think about who he's with, though. You know, like, it, I think that she's the sort of woman that would bring you to that. I don't know if she would maybe bring you to that point in terms of, like, you'd throw the nastiest things that you could possibly get back at her because I don't think Cindy would care about doing that back to him. I don't know. True, because we didn't see that with Cindy. But I don't know. I When he said that, I was like, ooh, that's a bit... Mm. Mm, I've not been really on that, George. You've got a bit of a nasty side. I'm st- I've been saying this from the start that I think George has got yeah. a nasty side. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Seen I it don't yet, know. But maybe it's in my head that I don't know. I th- the thing is, I think it's the fact that he's a boxer as well. Like, so he's clearly quite used to being in charge. I think. I think that's the mm. kind of main thing about him. It doesn't necessarily make him sort of a controlling partner, 
but I think that it there is that side of him where he's very much used to being top dog. And I think he sort of speaks to, um, he kind of talks to Cindy about the fact that, you know, she's the first woman that's ever been able to sort of keep him at arm's length and sort of keep him in control. So I think mm. he's very much used to sort of wearing the trousers in a relationship. We also see the girls at this point. So they are kind of kids at this stage in 2014 and they are off to a sleepover. So George takes them to a sleepover, leaving Cindy alone in the house. And, so very, and she at one point is watching this news article about an avalanche in, two, in 2014. And they really kind of paid attention to this. I was kind of like, I don't remember this avalanche in 2014. Was it a big story at the time? I can't remember that at either, all. Relevant, I, you know, know why? I wasn't watching time. the news. I wasn't watching the news in 2014. I was too engrossed in the Who Killed Lucy story. That was, that was, my, that. That was my telly. <laughs> that was my telly back then. Um, and talking of Lucy, she then gets a phone call from Mary informing her that Lucy has died that she, and she's obviously devastated by this. And George returns home to find her raging the safe and packing a bag because she needs to leave immediately. And that's when we kind of lead into this conversation that George had told us about before, where he remembers saying to Cindy, if you leave, you're, that's it, we're done. But, you know, when she was in the safe, yeah. did you notice that she actually, that George said to her, don't do this again? Yeah, yeah. And I wondered, what's that in reference to then? Has she already raided the safe and cleared it out? Is this a... Yeah, I mean, this this is the interesting thing about their relationship because you kind of, like, the way that Gina and Anna describe it, it's kind of like that their life was so happy and so sort of perfect and so sort of idyllic before Cindy mm. left. But actually watching these two, it's clear that they their relationship was on the rocks for a long time. Like, you kind of think that this isn't the first time that Cindy has stormed out. This isn't the first yeah. time that Cindy has even probably raided the safe and gone off somewhere, mm. you know? So I'd like to sort of know more about their relationship. It was clearly a very Cindy type relationship, clearly very fiery sort of a lot, a lot of arguments and anger going on and a lot of, a lot of water under the bridge between them. Interesting. I hope, I, I wonder if we'll kind of look more into sort of their relationship as we, as we go forward. Um, but yeah, Cindy leaves and then the best thing ever, the best, best, best thing ever. We are in Albert square, 2014 on the nights that Ian tells Lucy, uh, tells Peter that Lucy has died. I loved everything about this. The, I, like, it was incredible. Um, I mean, what was your, I mean, can you, like, your impressions first when you realised where we were and what, and what actually we were looking at? Well, do you remember I messaged Rob earlier this week, actually, after I watched that episode, and I said... Mm. It reminded me of a film. Sorry if you don't know this film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> back to the Future 2, right? Where you go back in time mm-hmm. and you're watching all of the events happen again, but from a different perspective. And it was yeah. just, it actually blew my mind when they, they, they'd done it, how they did. It was so well edited, weren't it? Oh, it was ridiculously well edited. so well edited. They well, must did, have you notice, gone... did you notice Go it was sorry? Did you notice it were a stand-in for Ian from Cindy's oh, yeah. perspective? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a younger Ian. And well, Adam Woodjet still... has been Adam Woodjet has has kind of been quite verbal about like this in the past. So I don't mind saying this. Like he, he's lost weight now since yeah, 2014, since Ian. So so it was there's quite a big difference between then Ian and now Ian. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was clearly a double from like the, the kind of far distance perspective shots, and then they would intercut it with scenes from that actual episode. Yeah. Um, and it was like you say, yeah, edited incredibly because there's a flickering light switch, like um, a, cl- a flickering lamp um, that Ian ends up like, like Ian looks at, 
and they interspersed it with old footage and new footage with the street lamp just flickering. It was just perfect the way it, like, it works so, so well. And then the taxi that he, because Ian kind of steps out of the house and sort of watches these two girls getting into this taxi. And he, he's obviously thinking, oh, that could be anyone's daughter. That, that could be my daughter. You know, he's thinking about Lucy and watching these two girls just kind of go off into the night having a normal kind of life together. You know, and then we're watching from Cindy's perspective, you know, the same colour taxi. It kind of goes off in the same direction. It was just so they didn't need to even do it that well you know it was just amazing whoever thought of that idea well oh, done like you need you deserve a raise whoever you are promote them promote that person i say um you say about back to the future um what it reminded me of <laughs> this is, nobody will have watched this film ever it reminded me of the lion king three i don't know if you've seen that it, no yeah, i haven't i know no. right basically I mean, it's been years since I've watched it, but I think that The Lion King 3 is basically a retelling of the first film, but from Timon and Pumbaa's perspective. So, oh, like, so very similar, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, and the reason that it kind of reminds me of it, was actually doing something like this is actually very, very risky because it's because that scene kind of is very well remembered. You know, Peter being told that Lucy had died, he's screaming in anguish. It's a very well remembered scene of part of a very, very well remembered storyline. So to throw in a new perspective as graphically as that is actually quite dangerous because The Lion King, you know, that first opening scene where they, you know, right at the start of the film where all the animals are bowing down to uh, kind of the Simba on the rock. What it transpires is that Stavone and Pumba were there during that scene and actually all the animals aren't bowing. They're patting out because of the smell of Pumba. You know, and it sort of really takes away from the epicness of that scene. You know, it ruins it almost. Kind of like, that's a ridiculous thing. Like, why, how, well, why would you ruin that scene? So you run the risk of doing something like that when you do this, but that didn't happen. It added to it. I totally buy that Cindy was there that night why yeah, the hell same. not i do now and she arrived in walford like all dressed up like she'd arrived like she traveled there on camel <laughs> like she was all dressed up in sky. i did like she'd arrived it was like she was bringing news from damascus <laughs> yeah oh that coat the, that coat that she you had like on. that coat didn't you anyone know where that coat's from oh my let, God, let Rena know she wants to dress like cindy for halloween <laughs> honestly that coat that coat yeah, were, yeah sorry <laughs> so Ian goes into the Vic to uh, tell the news uh, to Peter about Lucy. Amazing. Then um, Mary arrives. <laughs> All of this is going on whilst like our scenes that we had already watched. Oh, amazing. So, so clever. So clever. Um, so Mary arrives and kind of whisks Cindy away to a little area away from the square. And she's kind of like, what the hell are you doing here? This is putting everything at risk. And then just before Cindy can answer, there's a knock on the window. And who is it, Ree? Only fat boy. Only fat boy? I mean, amazing. Absolutely incredible. Completely unspoiled that this was happening, which I loved. I imagine that, imagine like, we know how difficult it is for the show to be able to keep these things under wraps these days. Um, Yeah, and it was so, like, just to show that we're in 2014, why not show a character that was around in 2014 that isn't there anymore? A, a beautiful absolutely incredible and what a lovely thing to do for ricky norwood as well who played fat boy like it was great i loved every i loved it again didn't need to happen wasn't necessary wasn't much point to it but i don't care it was just it was just to push the point forward of where we were and if you're gonna do that then why not go the full hog and do something like that just incredible. oh was there a point oh was there a point there rob are they was... gonna bring fat boy back are they gonna bring him back is this all a clue is this a sign is he coming back what if he's I involved mean, with the fords 
I mean, I sort of feel like we've sort of drained the well of bringing characters back from the dead for quite a while now with Cindy, don't you think? But is he dead? We didn't actually yes. see him die on screen there. Well, to be fair, yeah, I mean, yeah, I know we didn't see him die on screen, but the reason we didn't see him die on screen is because they gave him such an unnecessarily horrific death. Do you remember how Fat Boy left? It was awful. Like stuck in, sticking him in a car. In boot with a car. Yeah. Yeah. Whilst also having established earlier on the week that he had really bad claustrophobia, just to make it that little bit more horrific when you realise how he died. It well, was there's, unnecessary. There's every, there's every chance he could have escaped that car boot. Yeah, but, then what, but then Vincent opens the car boot, doesn't he? If, if, on that episode, and kind of his face kind of shows that he was looking at a mangled body. It was all pretty horrific. Oh yeah, yeah, but it might not have been fat boys. It could have been a dog or you know what I mean. They might maybe they put a dog in there. But come on, come on, I Cindy mean, Beals back from uh, dead, Rob. Oh, I know. Anything's, anything's possible. I know. I know. And bring back I... Roxy and Ronnie while you're at it. Bring, just bring back everyone back. Bring <laughs> yeah, Pat back. Bring it. everyone back. Bring everyone back. Let's just cancel all deaths that have ever been in Albert Square. Bring them all back. Why not? <laughs> I mean, do you know what, though? I mean, it it was just... I, I thought it was just done so beautifully. It was such a genius idea. And I've got such a huge soft spot for the Who Killed Lucy storyline because it was, I will always say, one of the greatest stories the sh- a soap has ever told because of the impact that it had. Like we're 10 years down the line and we're still talking about this story and the impact that it's having and the impact that it's still spinning different characters off in different directions. Like, just absolutely And I remember perfect. at the time thinking, what are you doing killing Lucy off? But actually... It was the best move. It was one of the yeah. best moves the show ever made because it is. it really impacted the Beals and sent them off in a permanent new direction. Like, so often, like, you... I mean, look at Sharon and Denny, for God's sake. You know, that kind of... You feel like it derailed Sharon for a little bit, massively. And then sort of it, she's kind of pretty much normal again now, just but without Denny, but she's got a load of new people in her life. So she, you know, she's obviously still sad about it, but it hasn't, I feel like it hasn't impacted Sharon in the same way yeah. as losing Lucy did for all of the Beals. Um, mm-hmm. I, I remember feel- that. I remember that episode where um, Ian tells Peter so well, because when there was a death in the family, like a really kind of shocking close death. I've been through that. And there's a really kind of weird feeling in the air. Like the world has changed a little bit. You know, if anyone's yeah. ever been through something like that, you know, that feeling of like everything has changed. And it, and I mean, how often people die in soaps and how often they kind of try and give that impression that that feeling is in the air. The Who Killed Lucy story made that feeling kind of really visceral. Like you really felt that like, it felt like a family. You were there with the grief all the way through the storyline. It was just, just amazing. Absolutely incredible. And there was even that point where, you know, you heard Peter's scream of anguish in the background as he was told about, as he was told about Lucy and Cindy is just kind of still there in the, like a few feet away. Just perfect. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Didn't you? I mean, it was just. It was I'm just trying amazing. to think what else. I mean, while that were going on, though, she were having that conversation with Mary as well, weren't she? About mm. oh, I need to be there for Peter, and then to hear him suddenly screaming background, it was like, it's yeah, like, well, well, he's got a, he's he's got his father now. He's grieved for you, and it was yeah, like, you've done you've you've, just, you've made your choices. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, you know, the whole idea basically of why Cindy walked away is that. So her coming back to London to try and see Peter, because that was why she came back to Walford, because she wanted to kind of hold Peter because he just lost his sister. She wanted to sort of bring her back and, you know, be there for him. Uh, and Mary had arrived and basically said, right, what you've done here is you, you've screwed up the protection that we can give you. Because if, if I can track you down, the Fords can track you down. So if you then go back to Marbella, 
the folks may follow you there and you will then putting the girls and George in danger. So that is why Cindy then never went back. It's a bit sort of... Yeah, it was a bit... But... It was all a little bit scripted. Is that the word? I, you know, I, we're all I mean, a bit... I... Oh no, now you've done this. You could never go back. And that uh, yeah, explains why it's... you never went back. And yeah. I mean, it sort of makes sense. Like, because Cindy's logic basically there was I've lost one daughter. I can't go through it with any more children by putting any more of them at risk. Because at that point, remember, she has no idea what's happened to Lucy. As far as she's concerned, yeah, it may well have been true. the Fords that killed Lucy in the first place. That would have been a twist, wouldn't it? If that had been revealed. Well, I know. I'm, w- I'm wondering that at one point when I was yeah, actually going to Are they actually going ch- to change the whole story? It turns yeah, out Bobby had nothing I, I to do wonder. with it. That would have been crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what would make sense, more sense in this witness protection? I mean, I know it wouldn't go with the storyline, but it would have made more sense for them to all have gone into witness protection, surely. Like well, the George whole family. And the girls and, yeah, yeah. Well, after that's so the one that they'd all have had to have moved. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, that have yeah, made more it's, sense? it's but, tenuous, yeah. you know, it's a tenuous, but you kind of like, all right, whatever. That's absolutely, right. f- that's, that's fine. So that is why Cindy, but then this is the question that I have is kind of like, so that was in 2014. And we're told that she reconnected with Ian like a year ago. So mm. that's eight years that we still don't know about where Cindy was. Like, why, where did that... she go after that? She's got another two kids with someone else. Do you know what? We'll put it past her. She's probably got about 11 yeah. kids all in all, Cindy. She's, she's well, do you know what? You look popping you look babies good out on it, left, love. right. Yeah, she you look does. Good on it. What'd she see? Popping babies out <laughs> left, right, and centre. She's probably yeah. got a crash of her own. Um, so. She's told that. Uh, she told she's told George all of this, and he's kind of somewhat dumbfounded by this. Now there was an interesting moment here when he asks if, well, was it the force that killed Lucy? And Cindy says, No, it was a terrible accident. Yeah. And you sort of wonder, I was sort of wondering at that point, right? Okay, either she doesn't know what actually happened or she's holding something back, because I do not believe for a second that Cindy would be in any way sympathetic towards Bobby at all. Yeah. Especially having not met him as well and knowing anything about she owes him nothing. She owes him nothing. She's no relation Mm -hmm. to him, and actually, Bobby is not only responsible for her losing Lucy, but because of this, in a roundabout way, she then had to walk away from the girls. So he, he, in a way, ended up losing three children in her mind because of Bobby. So yeah, three daughters. Mm. I thought there's no way that she is being she's going to in any way sympathize with Bobby here. So uh, Bobby's in for a world of pain. It breaks my heart. Oh, he really, really poor is. Lass. Poor, poor Bobby. Um, yeah, so we're back to present day. Um, Kathy goes upstairs for a bath, and Ian is basically trying to uh contact Peter. Peter goes across to the laundrette and <laughs> Ian just demolishes him. Like, why, why? What have you done? You've it's all your fault. Cindy's back and you wouldn't you didn't stop her. This is all your fault. And Peter's kind of like, Do you know what, Dad? All I'm seeing right now is selfishness. You're not doing this for Cindy. You're not doing this for anybody else. You're just thinking about you. So he goes across to the Vic. Ian follows him. And again, we are then building up to an incredible Duff Duff. Just a classic EastEnders. Everybody's there as this big mad secret comes into play. So Linda has gone into the barrel store to get the Prosecco for the cutting the cake. And she discovers George and Cindy kind of sitting there holding hands because those two have softened. They have softened, I'm telling mm-hmm. you now, telling you now, an mm-hmm. affair is coming between those two at some point. Um, mm-hmm. And she's kind of like, uh, who are you? What's going on here? Uh, and she makes a comment that, how could you be in here with this woman when mum has bent over backwards for the girls and Anna's party? And, and Cindy's like, uh, what? Because George had told her previously, oh, the girls aren't here, they're still in Spain, just to stop any kind of madness kicking off. 
I did wonder why Cindy had not realised that, you know, Kathy was making all this Spanish tapas for a party <laughs> happening at the Vic and that it had not cooked yeah, by that point. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that's tr- that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's very true. I didn't, I didn't I didn't land on that. That's very true. Um, so she's kind of like, what? The girls are here. The girls are here. So she bursts into the bar, pushes Tracy Winston out of the way. She kind of bursts in. George tried to grab her. George tried to grab her. Well, he, to tried, he tried, well, to, he tried to stop you. her. He tried, okay, he tried to stop her because he, he was... Her. Because he wouldn't want... Yeah, well, want... He's a I big don't, guy, I think... though. He should be He is a big guy. I know, I'm not saying All right. that you you're, yeah, you're, you're saying her, it from but... the, Yeah, you're saying it from the woman's perspective. I, I, understand, I understand that. I understand that. So um, Cindy bursts into the bar. And there's just this incredible moment where the people that would recognise her are just instantly kind of like, what? <laughs> Sharon's face was a picture. Sonia's face was a picture. Phil really couldn't care less. Uh, and Anna having just blown her cake out. And clearly, I think the implication was, because she was told to make a wish before she blew her candle out. Clearly, the implication was, I wish my mum was here. And then she opens her eyes and Sydney is just standing there before her. <laughs> like, amazing duff duff. Absolutely. Incredible duff duff. Yeah. Amazing episode Tuesday. I absolutely loved every single second of it. So clever. Um, Chris Clenshaw needs knighting for the what he's done for this show. Honestly. We said this earlier in week to each other, didn't we? At the same time, we were like, he needs knighting. He needs knighting. Literally. Honestly. I mean, the thing is, you know, you it's very easy to just sort of praise to, to heap all the praise and criticism on an executive producer because they're the people that are they're the person that are in charge of the show, they're steering the show when it could have been, there's so much work work that went into Tuesday's episode to make that happen. You know, the editors did an incredible job. The lighting was amazing. The camera work was amazing. The storylining was amazing. Anybody within the storylining and writing team could have come up with that idea, you know. So it's not fair to just heap it all on Chris Clenshaw. As a whole, the show is in an incredible position right now. And whoever came up with the idea of doing that flashback in the way that they did it, you have, ah, oh, amazing, 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 amazing. Very, very good indeed. Yeah, amazing, amazing, (laughs) amazing. Right then, so that was Tuesday. What a diet it was, what an episode it was. And we now move on to Wednesday. On to Wednesday now. And like I said, I think Wednesday and Thursday, a bit more business as usual. You know, it was not they they were not bad episodes at all. Like the whole week was was up there. But obviously after Tuesday, I think everybody was sort of just running on endorphins after everything that had happened on Tuesday. And it was kind of like, I want more, I want more of that. Um I well, just have when we were talking about it after a while, I go, oh, I'm buzzing, I'm buzzing. Just I know. About it. I just, it, just, it, was, it was so special, wasn't it? it just felt this is what I mean yeah. when it felt like an anniversary week. Just amazing. Mm. Anyway, so Wednesday's episode, the pub is silent. <laughs> Everyone is stunned by what they can see. Mild confusion by most and just utter bewilderment by those that are in the know. You know, so Sharon is kind of, a really nice moment from Sonia where kind of someone was, uh, I think it was Linda who said, yeah, but you, that's not your real name. So it's like, no, it bloomin' well ain't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Sonia. The fact that she can just like Sonia would have been so young when Cindy was there, but I just Sonia is the sort of person that could probably just reel off anybody's scandals that she ever knew. You know, it's it's, it's perfectly fine, perfectly within character. Um, so Cindy's kind of like, right, well, I need to talk to the girls, please. And Elaine is really kind of overprotective and sort of like, no, you're not going upstairs. Mm. I, I liked this. I like this instant rivalry between Cindy and Elaine because it's a she great moment. She does, but I don't like kind of, yeah, because she's instantly threatened. I understand that completely. I get it, you know, and I love the instant sort of 
hatred from Elaine towards towards Cindy. Like there's some brilliant moments later on in the week where they just sort of gl- where she's just glaring, doesn't even say a word, just glaring furiously. Mm. Really, I, I liked that. So Cindy, but uh, the knights and Cindy go upstairs basically. Um, Bobby is massively freaked out by what by what has happened. And again, I thought Clay Milner Russell was amazing this week. Like really, really strong performances. You've really felt for Bobby. Um, Ian follows him into the kitchen because he's running to there to sort of have a bit of a meltdown. And a moment where a really kind of nice moment where Ian is genuinely delighted to see Bobby. Like he you can you can it feels real, like he's genuinely missed him. And Bobby has missed him too, but he's kind of like what the hell are you doing? Like, why have you brought this woman back into my life without even warning me? Like, yeah. how could you? Do, how could you do this? It's it's kind of it's, you just sort of think you know Ian hasn't changed at all. As delighted as I am to have Ian back on the show because it's not felt right without him, you kind of like you, you just haven't changed, have you? You're, you're a selfish little weasel. That's Ian down to the ground, really, mm-hmm. isn't it? Like he just really is. Um, upstairs, George is has kind of removed Elaine from the situation before she literally rips Cindy's face off. So that Cindy can just begin her story again with the girls now. Yeah, because Anna really wants to hear it, doesn't she? Yeah, and this is the, the one this who is the thing. round into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Gina is kind of like, no, you can go. I don't want you here. But Anna has always been, I think, the one that really wants answers from this. I think Gina is just so angry about the situation that she doesn't want to face it, whereas Anna is genuinely curious as to as to what went on. Yeah. Um. Phil and Ian downstairs come face to face again. The old, the old Phil and Ian rivalry sort of coming straight back to the fore. Marvellous. Um, and he wants to know if it was him that was looking for Rose that even brought them back. And that didn't even occur to me for an instance. Like, it's, <laughs> I'd yeah. completely forgotten that Phil was even looking for Rose. Because um, his defence of that is, well, George is a mate, so I don't want to I don't want to be responsible for bringing this woman back into his life and bringing aggro to his door, which I love. Like, Phil's got a mate. This, I, when did this last happen? Amazing. It's oh, so yeah. nice. He's got two really with Alfie as well, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Ian assures him that he had nothing to do with it and that they aren't staying. So then Phil is kind of like, well, good. Throws a few insults at Ian and then leaves. Yeah, good. Um, no, again, nice moment with uh, Alfie and Ian. Like, forget about You forget about this friendship completely. Yeah, like, yeah. Alfie's yeah. genuinely pleased to see him, but then Sharon's kind of sat behind him, kind of like, mm. uh, hi, Ian. Awkward. Hi, Ian. Tried to kill you. Sorry about that. Um. Peter tries to find Bobby. Bobby's rushed home in a panic and Kathy kind of acknowledges him for the situation. Uh, And Peter and Bobby talk. Really nice moment here, I thought. Because obviously Mm -hmm. Bobby is massively freaking out, not only because he's worried about what Cindy is going to do to him, but he's also worried about Anna's reaction. And yeah. she, he's kind of, and he's kind of like, well, he, she, he's never, she's never ever going to forgive me. And a really nice, genuine moment from Peter where he just goes, well, I have. And mm-hmm. you can tell that Bobby was really moved by this because it feels really. I we've had sort of because obviously the whole thing went with with old Peter was you know they they had this moment of oh no I've forgiven you and you just didn't believe it because old Peter wasn't yeah. as likable as this one, and it feels like this is the first time that Peter has said I forgive you to Bobby and genuinely meant it. You know, yeah, definitely, yeah. This Peter feels a lot more softer towards Bobby and yeah. genuine, doesn't he? And like yeah. he's actually, he feels like a lot more of a family man. This Peter, doesn't he? Mm. Like he genuinely just wants to take on that role of older sibling and make sure all his siblings, the two new ones that he's discovered, are all okay, doesn't he? Mm, yeah. Sorry, talking of siblings, yeah. we didn't talk about uh, the Cindy Jr. mention on uh, mm. Monday's episode, actually. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Because surely Cindy's got to go and see her at some point, right? And be curious oh, yeah. about how I she's mean... getting on. 
I would not be surprised if we get a Cindy Junior return. Um, yes. Might be a re- yeah, I think might be a recast because yeah. I think Mimi Keen, I think her name is, is kind of, is busy. I think she's busy. I think she's doing okay. Netflix stuff at the moment. So I don't know, mind you. Oh. Thomas Law was busy and he came back. So you never know. We might we might get. But yes, I think Cindy Junior will make a return at some point. Awkward name, to be fair. Like, obviously, she was named way after Cindy, way after Cindy was apparently killed off. But you know, start calling her CJ or something like that. <laughs> That's a name now, isn't it? Yeah, CJ. Yeah. CJ. Um. So meanwhile upstairs, Cindy has explained what's happened to the girls. Um, they're trying to get their heads around the, the, the all, all of this. In fact, that they have siblings that they've never heard of. So I thought there was quite a nice moment where Gina was like, all right, any more siblings you want to tell us about? Said sarcastically, so that was going to be the peak of the conversation. Cindy's like, uh, yeah, actually, two more. <laughs> Cindy Jr. and Stephen. One's dead, one's still alive and living in Germany. <laughs> it's, Gina's just like, what? But what is this madness? Oh, and Peter, come... I think at that point she oh, hears about then, Peter yeah. as well. And then she reveals about Peter and Gina's like, well, I tried to kiss it. So that's great. Cheers, mum. Marvellous. Um, and she kind of can't listen to her anymore. And she kind of storms off into the kitchen. And Anna mm. is clearly conflicted. Uh, downstairs, Elaine is reporting on what she has heard to Linda. Because she's been listening at the door. Nice little high five moment between the two of them. I, I, like, I, I liked them. I didn't like that. Oh, did you not? No, I thought, I thought, I thought it felt a bit too forced, actually, that. Because Linda were a bit too, like... Oh, you've been listening at door, and then it went. Oh, hi! I don't know. I don't know why well, I didn't like it. Well, well the thing is, Linda has done that. Linda has done that plenty of times. So she's kind of just been listening at the door, trying to get. Because I remember there's a, there's a, there was a, somebody made a, a video online about that. Uh, because there was a scene, I can't remember what was going on, but Mick had been doing something in the kitchen with Tina, and Linda was clearly listening at the door. He comes out, kind of like, "You get all that, did you, babe?" So there is there is a history of Linda doing that. Right. So you, clearly, who she got it from, you know. So I didn't yeah, mind it. I thought right. it was I thought it was quite a nice Fair little enough. moment, but you know, that's and, and just sort of cements these two. Like there is kind of quite a comedy relationship between Linda and Elaine. I think, you know. Yeah. I still didn't like it anyway. Fair. You, you're entitled <laughs> not to like that. That's Sorry. okay, love. That's okay. You don't like that. That's okay. Um, so uh, Alfie and Ian are chatting, uh, are chatting, and then Sharon sort of tentatively walks over and Alfie kind of lets them talk. Again, like I said earlier, this was sort of just a few sentences of <laughs> Ian going, uh, well, you've tried to kill me. And Sharon's like, well, well so did she. And you've, let, and you've forgiven her, so I think you can forgive me. Thank you very much. What what a way to just sort out that entire situation yeah, in right. like a couple of lines. Brilliant. Yeah. Done. Let's let's all put that awful storyline yeah. behind us and move uh, on. Right. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. never we and we never speak of it again. <laughs> Perfect. Done. Perfect. Done. Done. I mean, too right. You know, that the whole thing about Sharon trying to kill Ian was madness from start to finish. So and yeah, was there and was the reason that Ian left for two years, you know? Like that's yeah. I'm, I'm pleased. It doesn't deserve to be really spoken about again. And I'm glad that it's done. Um yeah. upstairs Cindy talks to Gina alone and she reveals this photo that she kind of always kept around with her. And you can kind of see Gina softening and sort of like, yeah, all right, mum, and they start to try and hug. But then in the in the living room George has actually basically told Anna, well, no, she didn't come here looking for you. Like, she just arrived here. She didn't here. know we were here. Didn't even yeah. know we were here. This is all a mad coincidence. And, it, and, Anna, and Anna kind of bursts into the kitchen. Like, well, she wasn't looking for us. It's all a mad coincidence. Uh, and then Gina is basically in free fall at that moment. And it yeah. kind of sets the, sets the tone for Gina for the rest of the week. Because she storms out. She takes the, some of the party goers to Peggy's. And Gina is on one now, effectively. Um 
I mean, this was kind of predictable for Gina, wasn't it? Kind of, you kind of could yeah. guess where she was going with this, couldn't couldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Especially if she'd been out drinking all day. You can imagine something like this to just go, well, that's me going to go and find something else to uh, take the edge off all this. Now yeah. my mum's just randomly turned up. Yeah, oh, it were and, inevitable, weren't it? And doesn't she just, doesn't she just find something to take the edge yes. off a little bit? God. Yes, we'll get to that, Rob. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Bloody yeah. hell. Um, I know. Sharon has told Ian to go and see Kathy, and they basically have a little smile together. So it does seem that those two are fine now, and I'm fine with that. You know, fine, I would have liked a little bit more between it. Yeah, I, I would have liked yeah. a little bit more between Ian and Sharon, if I'm honest. I would have liked a, a bit more. Mm. A lot happened between them, as mad as it was, and as much as we didn't like it, there was a lot that they needed to sort of put to bed. So I would have liked a little bit more between Ian and Sharon, but hey, you know, it might still be. Too we bad. might. We might get a little bit more next week. You don't yeah. know because they had to fit in a lot, didn't they, this week? Oh, so a huge we nice amount. Have that yeah. little moment, and then maybe we'll get a little bit more, mm. and it'll, you know, it'll feel a lot more neater. Yeah, I think so. Um, so Ian does go over to the Beale House at that point, and you kind of sense that he's kind of like kind of quite pleased to see the old place. You know, this house that he lived in yeah. for so many years, the history that he's got there. Um, and him and Kathy come uh, face to face, and he meets Rocky for the first time. I couldn't, mm. I couldn't believe that he, I. Don't think I realised that he hadn't met Rocky. Like, that's how long Ian was away for, because Rocky's been around for a couple of years now, and he had never mm. met. Like I looked at this, Ian left I think around March, and Rocky arrived a few months later. So they never, they oh, right. uh, they never met. Mad, mad. I, it just shows you how long Ian has actually been away for. Absolutely mental, because he didn't even know that Cat and Phil were together, and they've been together for a couple of years oh, now yeah. as well. How much has Ian missed? Absolutely madness. Um. And Kathy just starts speaking her mind about Cindy. <laughs> and Ian's, Ian's like, I don't want to hear this. Like, leave, leave me alone. Um, and then he gets a twinge. Notice this. He gets a twinge in his chest. And yes. There's a, yeah, yes. I'm worried about this. I am mm. concerned about this. I no. am. This is no, what I mean. He won't come back. He won't come back for six months. She just die. You know, what are you talking about? Not. I know. No, we wouldn't. I, I hope not. No. I really, really hope not. I mean, I get it. You know, you're just going to kind of give Ian these health problems. That's fine. That's a story. But it, I, I think it's just because, yeah, you know, there's a dead a body point. on the floor. There's a dead body on the floor Christmas Day. And there's no reason as to why Ian can't be that body in terms of, you know, because mm. he's Ian. And he'll have annoyed people by the time Christmas comes around. So it does concern me. I, you I, have I, got a point why they're writing it in, why they're writing yeah. in that he's having chest pains and stuff. Yeah, because oh, it no. came because it wasn't just it wasn't really connected to anything either. It wasn't really no. referred to again for the rest of the week. He just had this moment of chest pain. So it's clear that that is still going on inside him. So mm. I mm, mm, like a six well, month you contract. Know, that's he would a go thing. back. He would go back to Albert Square. You know when he wants a stress free life. So yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, it deserves everything he gets. Really, idiot. No doctor <laughs> in the world. It, you're asking for her to have an heart attack if you move back to Walford. Honestly, um, so yeah. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. Six month contracts are a thing. I mean, I would like to think that this is Ian just back now. Like Adam Wood just had yeah. his break and he's now back at work and all is well and marvellous and we'll have Ian for many years to come. But I just, mm, that concerns mm. me a little bit because it feels chance. like the sort of era where anything could happen, you know? It's, it's, it's worrying. I mean, we've had Fat Boy back this week. Who'd have exactly. thunk it? Who'd if have that, thunk it? Uh, we have had Fat Boy and Cindy on screen at the same time. What madness is that? Yeah, who had exactly. that on their bingo? That who, had, so who had that on their bingo cards at the start of the year? <laughs> nobody is the answer to that. No. Absolutely nobody. 
Um, so Anna arrives in the club. Gina's already in self-destruct mode. Uh, and Bobby kind of hurries over to her and it just comes across too heavily. He's he's obviously kind of freaking out and nervous. It's perfectly in character for him. But he comes across way too heavily. It's like, oh, 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 you know how I feel about you. And, uh, mm. and it's just like, just back off. Leave me alone. I need to, I need to, I need time to compute this. And Bobby sort of scurries away, uh, kind of all, all nervous and bless him. Oh. Anna, poor Bobby. I poor felt for him Bobby. so much. Well, the thing about the thing about well, yes. Now the thing the thing about Bobby is that he actually really, really, really reminds me of my brother. So I've got a real soft spot. For Minus the you know killing someone part, he really yeah. does remind he really does remind me of my brother. So I always kind of, and the way he is kind of it's very similar to my brother. So I've kind of got Aww. quite a lot of soft feelings with Bobby. It's kind of like oh bless you. Um, Freddie then wanders over. And sort of just like, are you all right? It's probably okay. Uh, we'll get you a drink. Yeah, that was just the. Uh... So him and Anna just start getting mm. drunk together, and then they end up in the chippy. I'm. I'm no, I would. Well, I would never eat chips from that chippy ever again. Let me tell you. Oh, it's not hygienic, really, is it? But I mean, no. what a I, I what a birthday for Anna. She gets her mum back, nearly loses her sister, and she gets laid on a chip shop floor. Well, you know, it was worse 21st to have. Worse, there is, there genuinely is worse 21st to have. People have had worse birthdays on that square, and that ain't a bad one. That's going to stick in your brain. What did you do for your 21st? Well. <laughs> well. Quite so, a lot. Rob, why have you fallen out with Freddie? I'm seeing a lot of people saying this online. I'm not happy with Freddie at all. I'm very disappointed in Freddie. I get that they were drunk. All right, I get that. And there is no reason why Anna and Freddie can't fancy each other because actually there is some good chemistry between the two of them and they have got a lot in common. I get all that. I really, really do. But do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we kind of this kind of started to rear its head, we were kind of like, no, no, Freddie wouldn't do that to Bobby. Never in a million years. He's far too nice to do that. No. Uh, it turns out we're very wrong. Oh, he so would do that to Bobby. He so would. Him and Anna. Him and Anna. I think... See, I've seen a lot of people say it's not believable and he'd never do it. And like we were saying... But given the events of the night and adding alcohol into it, I think it's actually believable. And oh, it's just believable. Feel really guilty. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not falling. I like this little triangle. If I'm honest with you, I don't yeah, know I, why. But I think it's just I'm just disappointed in. I'm not disappointed in the character. I'm disappointed in Freddie yeah. as a person for doing it, as in I would yeah. be for anybody else. Do you I, know what I mean? Like yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's totally believable. Yeah. It's totally believable, and yeah. it makes perfect sense. But I'm just yeah. of, I was just annoyed at Freddie for doing it. Like, how could you, you do that to your Bobby, mate? Don't you? I, I do love Bobby. Yeah, true. I love, I love yeah. Freddie and I love Anna, but I'm just sort of just like, oh, Freddie, bad Freddie, very, very bad Freddie. You know, I get it from Anna because her head was all over the place, but yeah. Freddie should know. Freddie, but she has, she has been. I don't know. Anna's been a bit leading Bobby on then, hasn't she? Like, maybe you shouldn't have kissed him back and getting all his herbs up as well. Like, think, it's not yeah. just Freddie to blame. I mean, she's she like friend zoned him, then then kissed him back, and then's gone back and friend zoned yeah. him. It's a bit harsh, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I think. And then sleeping with his best mate, bad yeah. Anna, very very bad Anna. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, very cross, very cross with Freddie, bad Freddie. Um, so Gina, meanwhile, has clearly had too much, and Gina uh, is in the club, and she's all over the place. She's ricocheting off the walls, and then she collapses just as George and Cindy mm. walk in to look for them, and Gina is on the floor. And the duff-duff, basically, for Thursday, being Gina unconscious on the floor while George is standing over her, panicking, and Cindy has no idea how any of this has happened because she hasn't had no idea of Gina's drug history. So it makes no sense yeah. to her, but Gina is unconscious on the floor, and that is Thursday's duff-duff. I mean, it was a good episode. It was a good episode, but it's sort of... Like 
like after Tuesday's madness, you're sort of thinking, well, is that going to continue? We're going to get more flashbacks and it's just a bit more business as usual rather than sort of continuing the madness of the flashbacks, which is mm. fine. You know, it, it, there was a lot of conversations that needed to happen and it was good stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it continued. Good stuff. Any other thoughts for Thursday? For Wednesday, rather? No, I think it, I, I, I would think it was Thursday as well. No, no, no I think it there. made sense. I think it made sense to go back like that. I weren't expecting any more flashbacks, to be honest. And I think, well, you're not. No, I weren't expecting it at all. I was expecting the week to go as it did after Tuesday because we needed, well, I knew it were all set across one night and we then yeah. needed to see, you know, the repercussions of what had happened on Tuesday and how everyone else was going to behave because of it. So, yeah, I think it made total sense for it to be like that on Wednesday. And, Fair. yeah, all of it, because then it was more based on Anna and Gina's reactions as well. Yeah. Like, we saw a bit more of them. We'd not actually seen that much of them earlier in week, really. So, mm. yeah. I I thought I thought it I thought it went along very well this week. How it, how it panned out? Marvelous. All right then. So just one more episode of this epic week to discuss, and we are in now to Thursday. So to the final episode of the week. Gina rushed to hospital, still unconscious, uh, and then Ian is basically trying to get hold of Cindy, and he goes back to he's he's in the house. Kathy's just basically having a go at him just ranting and raving at him and saying how stupid he was to bring cindy back and that he's not thinking of bobby whatsoever and he wasn't this is the thing i'm gonna have full 100 sympathy for bobby throughout this entire process you know ian didn't think of him at all um and he kathy kathy's main concern is the fact that cindy is and i quote going to crucify him which you can kind of understand i think and bobby overhears this he's not surprised by it it's just it's just it just all makes total sense and whilst Peter's trying to comfort him, uh, Kathy basically tells, turns around to Ian and says, uh, right, well, you can choose because I ain't having anything to do with you whilst you've still got her in your life. And Ian very quickly goes, oh, all right, then bye, mum, walks out. I pick Cinder, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, God, such a, it's such an awkward scenario. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with Kathy giving him that ultimatum. I think in these kind of situations, you have to play it. You have to tread a bit more carefully. Otherwise, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, but I understand it completely from Kathy's perspective because Cindy tried Same. to kill him. You know, Cindy tried to Same. kill him, and it's so Ian to and she 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 nails it. She says you're thinking about your, you're thinking with your downstairs brain instead of your upstairs. Shorts, so. bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think Ian wears boxer shorts. I don't get that impression. He looks like a wife or something. Who is he? A wife <laughs> I think so. I think he's a briefs man Possibly. myself. Mm, definitely. <laughs> um, Freddie and Anna return to the club, and Freddie, good, good, is racked with guilt about Bobby. So you bloody should be. Talking to people um, now, Freddie's a boxer man. I think Freddie was thinking of his boxers. Ian was thinking with his wife, right? Yeah, he was yeah. definitely, definitely. Um, and him and Anna decide, well, all right, then we'll just won't say anything. No one will ever know about this. Make to differ. Oh, I, I, I actually think Anna's more in the wrong than Freddie. Well, no, I think they both are, but I do think yeah. that maybe should have been even more clear with Bobby. If she'd have not mm. kissed him in between and done yeah. all that, then fair well, enough. I get it though because I think that she did like Bobby and I think that she was kind of like ready to start of maybe try because they they have got good chemistries together. But I think Cindy's return has basically just thrown her brain into sort of the sifted a load of mad stuff in her head. Like when she realizes, oh well, then this well, this girl that I know he killed his sister was also my sister, so I he's killed my sister. I think and there's also just sort of madness going through her head about. I this. don't think it was that though. I think that she. 
knew that Freddie fancied her and she fancied him and Bobby was the one that were in the way and then she just was like, I don't care now. So mm. this has happened. Yeah. I actually don't think that she had that much intention of really trying to get anything started with Bobby. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I blame Freddie more than I blame Anna at this stage, I have to say. But Fair enough. We'll see how right. it goes. But how is this going to come out? Because obviously it will come out. So between so far, only those two know. So they've done this. They've done mm. it. They've done this much better than a lot of people do this so far. Only those two know about what's gone on so far. I think Freddie's going to have a guilty conscience and tell Bobby myself. I think that's how it's going to come out. Or Anna's going to confide in Gina, or even Cindy, and then Cindy might tell you and something oh, like that. Oh, maybe. maybe Cindy might throw that in Bobby's face. Oh, yeah, yes. Oh, poor Bobby. Poor, poor Bobby. Well, we've got to see this side of Cindy because I've not seen it that much so far this week. Mm, yeah, I think I think there was definitely flashes. Uh, in the hospital, uh, George, uh, Anna's basically told by Bernie and Felix, oh, where have you been? <laughs> the fact that she, uh, Bernie rushes over. It's like, where have you been? Oh, I went for some chips. <laughs> lie. She certainly oh, had some yeah. chips. Well, certainly yeah. had some chips. Mm-hmm. I'm um so so she's told about gina and then um in the hospital cindy and george are waiting for news uh the nurse comes out and says that gina has regained consciousness but they need to regulate her heartbeat um because it transpires by the way that gina wasn't just on coke she was on crystal meth <laughs> i know did you have to google what me- methamphetamine was, was and then read that it was I mean, crystal I, meth because I, I did hear, yeah i mean i hear the word meth and that automatically brings to mind crystal meth and i thought no it can't be that like that's ridiculously hardcore thing for just anyone to be carrying around with them. You know, I'm just thinking like I know that the suits in London have this rep. Like it's a kind of it's a yeah. kind of stereotype, isn't it? That they all have, they all carry white powder. What yeah. is crystal meth that common that you just do it when you're on a night out? Apparently, I wouldn't have thought that crystal meth is. I mean, I know nothing about it, but I wouldn't have thought that crystal. This doesn't sound like the sort of drug that you can just like you take as an upper. I wouldn't have thought it just sounds. It's, it's well, uh, I thought that. And then I googled. I went down a rabbit hole with this one, Rob. <laughs> went on the crystal meth rabbit hole, did you? Yeah, apparently it is something that you yeah. take for an upper. Yeah. Well, Gina certainly it, it certainly didn't agree with Gina, and she's so she's. Well, she didn't know it was that, did she? She didn't she know didn't. it was that, but she didn't care that it was that when she did find out either, did mm. she? Because she's overdosed mm. on crystal meth. <laughs> Transpires, eek, very dangerous. Mm. Um, so and this is where Cindy sort of actually discovers. Um, Gina's drug history and George is kind of like yeah, yeah and I blame you for it because none of this was happening until you walked out all right so uh, that fair. softening that had happened between them has gone completely like George is just angry now like he is just mm. annoyed and he's looking at Gina and thinking yeah this is the result of what you've done this is what you have caused all right and Cindy's sort of racked with guilt um Ian, Ian has gone back to Alfie's and they're chatting a nice moment with Nana Moon's photo like that I miss oh, Nana yeah, Moon yeah, yeah. I loved Nana Moon I Aww. loved Nana Moon I I remember her death. I was so oh, sad when that so happened. Sad. It was heartbreaking, weren't it? It was one of those unnecessarily sad deaths as well. I thought you didn't need to kill Nana Moon off, for goodness sake. Yeah, She's there like, were no need. Because I think, I think she got axed, which, again, is that why? She was a lovely character. Like, you need these she nice characters brilliant. around. I loved Nana Moon. Unnecessary. Um, yeah, so they're basically chatting. And again, nice moment where they're kind of just catching up with each other and Ian is like yeah I saw Kat in the Vic uh, she's with Phil I'm sorry what <laughs> like how has that happened and yeah, I, was, like, yeah I, I think you were like what's that about mate and you were like yeah, yeah well yeah but Alfie actually said something like oh well she suits him or something or they suit each other it suits her like it, su- it suits yeah. yeah it seems to suit her I think I think she said which yeah. we've had conversations about Kat and Phil and it's sort of I don't know it's it's an odd thing with Kat and Phil but that's for another day um, <laughs> meanwhile Rocky is giving Bobby some awful love advice about Van Gogh <laughs> 
<laughs> saying, well, okay. you can always, unless you can play, you can well, cut your ear off, you'd like that. But I think that basically the basis of that conversation was to say, right, do, do you know what? Ignore all your feelings now. What Anna needs now is a friend. This is where you step forward and you are good to, you were good for her and you support her. And then other things might occur from that, from how she reacts to your help, essentially, wasn't it? Which I, I quite like. Which that. is I good like, advice, actually, that part. It yeah. is good advice. And I like Rocky's kind of relationship with, with the boys and his relationship with Bobby's mm. always quite nice as well. So, yeah, that's good. Um, Peter receives word about what has happened to Gina and then prepares to leave for the hospital. And Bobby wants to go with him. And Peter's like, uh, yeah, well, lovely. Except that Cindy is there. So you kind of, you're not sure whether Bobby will have the nerve to go, but he goes and good for him. Proud of him. Well done, Bobby. That's brave. Well, see, no. I Silly, thought it were inappropriate <laughs> him and Peter going. I thought it were inappropriate. I don't think Why? they both needed to go to us. Because they, they're the sisters. Well, I know Peter's technically I know Peter's technically family, but we don't actually know her. And I think that she had, you know, Anna, Cindy, George, and Elaine there, that's enough. You don't need another two people there when she's in hospital. Yeah, but it's he's gone to see his sister Elaine. and Bobby what Bobby wanted to see Anna. I mean it was, oh. wouldn't have given us the great little storylines while we were exactly. there, but I still that's, don't you've think got to think about appropriate. <laughs> I'm just saying. So if I'm you were a, if you were a nurse there, you'd be like you, you out. That's what you would have done if you were. What's your relation? Nurse. You're a brother, yeah. but how long has she known that you've been a brother? You, you just what? reeled off all these questions. A couple of you? hours? No, 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 no. Out, out, mate. Out, mate. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a good job. You don't work in the NHS, then, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, Gina's out of danger, so they're allowed to go in. George won't let Cindy in to go and see her, and uh, just like I said, some hilarious glares from Elaine, like. Because there's a moment where Cindy okay. sort of like holds George's arm when she when they hear that George is well, and then she kind of just has to let go, and Elaine is just a mer- just as revealed, glaring furiously at her. I like this a lot. I hope there's more to come oh, sorry. between Elaine and Cindy. Go on. So sorry, I've just clicked that. That's why she's called Georgina when you just said that. George is so vain, right? So he's got he's got. Remember, he's got a son. It's called George Junior and George Georgina and George Junior. He's so vain. Forgot <laughs> about George Junior. Yeah, yes. Georgina. He's gonna clear. He's gonna presumably gonna show up at some point. George Junior. I'm telling you, Rob. Why is George Junior not here? Is there this little nasty side to George Senior? Maybe I don't know. I don't know if that's the direction they're taking the character in, though. That's the thing. I understand what you mean, but I don't know if that's what we're supposed to be getting from it. I don't know. Well, I'm 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 a bit sick of you uh, chucking my theories out at window. To be honest, Rob, because do you know what? You did this to me many years ago, right? When Lucy Beale died. And I said to you from the start that it was Bobby that did it. And do you know what you kept on saying to me? Don't be so stupid. Do you remember this, Rob? No. Do you remember? No. Yes, you do. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So stop poo-pooing my theories because I'm telling you he's a nasty one. And you told me I was wrong about Bobby doing it. You told me I was wrong that Bobby did it. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Okay. I'll bear that in mind. I'll always remember Bobby sorry, Gate in future. I'll always, remember, I'll, always re- I'll always remember Bobby Gate in future. Uh, right. So anyway, uh, yes, I did. I thought the idea. You of Bobby remember? Doing, I do, you and remember, I, I remember right, thinking, "Don't be ridiculous." The idea of Bobby doing it. It's really, I genuinely thought that, that there was a few. I remember there was a few theories kicking around online at the time that Bobby had done it, and I was going, "Like that's insane. Don't be stupid. It's clearly going to be Jane or someone else." Sin- I was convinced it was Cindy Junior. I remember at the time. Uh, and I was kind of like, then no, no, Bobby doing it. He's a kid. That's re- utterly ridiculous. And then loved it when it was revealed that Bobby did it. <laughs> I remember yeah. messaging you about it constantly. And you just being like, "Stop being so stupid, Reno." I'm telling you, Rob, it's Bobby. It's Bobby. There you go. Anyway, it was Bobby. Sorry. Um. So Ian, Peter, Bobby arrive at the hospital, uh, and 
we get the first kind of meeting between Cindy and Bobby, which I've been waiting for all week, and it was very, very exciting. Mm. Uh, it doesn't go well, really, does it? No. No, it's like Cindy had said to Ian, oh, I forgive him and I understand what you're saying. And then all of a sudden, when he's put in front of her, she feels incredibly different, which mm. is fair enough as well. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, again, well. you, you know, you kind of have to think, oh, she doesn't owe Bobby anything, really. It's like they're not, yeah. they're no relation. She doesn't have to be nice to him. She doesn't have to care for him. I mean, I think she tries to be as polite as she can. She's like, nice to meet you, Bobby. And Bobby just kind of scurries away. But it's sort of... You kind of instantly know, it... yeah, no, mm. this isn't going to work. This is going to be bad for the pair of them. No. It were interesting how she she were nice to him to his face. Then he run off it like, you know, embarrassed. Mm. And then she turned to Ian and, yeah, we did see a flash there when she was like, he made my, seeing him in the flesh has made my mm. uh, blood boil. And I yeah. thought, oh, are you going to make Ian choose between you and Bobby next? Is that going to be Yes. Mm. Oh, Yes. Mm. Yeah, because Bobby's in for a whole world of pain because of this, isn't he? He really, Bless really is. Him. Oh, I know. So poor Bobby. Poor Bobby. Um, so yeah, basically the the rest of the episode is Gina has decided. Well, no, I'm not interested in see, in seeing her again, which George is quite happy about. Anna, um, they have a nice, they have a moment her and Cindy, and and Cindy gets kind of to hold Anna, and she enjoys that. Uh, but then George kind of pulls her away and sends her, and sends her into Gina and tell and basically says to Cindy like, "You're not welcome here. Go away. All right, look what you've done. Look what you've caused. Leave immediately." So, but that hug I think is the catalyst for Cindy deciding right now I need to stay in Walford. I need to stay in Walford, yeah. and they go back to Alfie's where they're going to be staying for the moment. Um. And then there's a kind of nice conversation between Cindy and Ian where Ian kind of has forced to confess, yeah, no, she did send me the voicemail and I did delete it. Sorry about that. And Cindy's like, right, okay, then fine. Because of what you've done, you can now help me try and get these girls back into my life. So Ian then goes across to Cathy's and says, "Uh, right, so bit of a problem. We're staying in Walford and I'm taking control back of all my businesses and uh, we're moving back in here. So if you don't like it, Cathy, you can move out tomorrow morning. (laughs) Ian's back. Welcome, Ian. <laughs> yeah, isn't he just? Oh. I know. I was in two minds about this as well because Ian, it is Ian's house. He does earn it and he does earn the businesses. But also, God almighty, mate, you can't just come back and start demanding stuff when you've been gone all this time and not keeping in touch with anyone or telling them where you are or even that you've had a heart attack and then you just come back and go, right, everything's mine again. Tell you what, though, and spoiler discussion, uh, what I would say here, spoiler siren, spoiler siren, is that I would Please say... Know. The upcoming fire, I think this pretty much cements the idea of Rocky oh. doing the cafe for an insurance job because they needed the money from the chip shop to sort Joe's money out. So they're going to have to get that yes. money from somewhere. You've got a very valid point there. Mm-hmm. I do believe. I think. You know, I uh, I think it's pretty yeah, much it confirms like, it. Yeah, I think that has cemented it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely think so. Something like that. Mm. Interesting. Ooh. And also, what I would also point out as well, it makes perfect sense for Rocky to do that because he's brother did that as well his brother set fire to that calf oh yeah. Did, didn't yeah. yeah 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 oh definitely. wow definitely there you go cottons don't like the cottons versus the cafe <laughs> i think that just confirms it to be honest yeah i think so yeah that's that mm. um and then the weekends with um sort of cindy and george having one last scene together and this is what i mean this is cindy's flashes of flashes of cindy because the way that she turns around to Ian is just like, right, yeah, so you can make this happen. So she's doing that with Ian. Mm. And then she goes back and she's kind of quite sassy with George. And she's kind of like, yeah, well, there's mm. nothing you can do about it. You've lost the right to tell me what to do and I'll be here. I'm living in Walford now and I'm not Rose and anymore. I I'm and Cindy. I ain't Rose anymore. 
strolls <laughs> off as the sun rises over Walford and over what was overall an utterly fantastic week of EastEnders. Brilliant stuff. And it was a red sky in morning, which is a shepherd's warning when the sun was rising. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Clearly, Mm. man. I mean, honestly, yeah. I just, I loved it. I loved every single second of this week. It was a roller coaster and a half. Um, Tuesday, obviously, the peak. Go on. I was just going to say, George and Cindy still keep, she keeps touching his hand, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. And this is what I mean. And this is, yeah, and this is very, very Cindy, isn't it? Sort of really sort of Mm. emotionally sort of like, yeah. Because she was actually having a go at him when she did that. And then she kind of puts her hand on his. So there's an affair coming between those two. Shows what kind of relationship they probably had as well, really, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating stuff. So from here... Where do we go from here? What happens next, do you think? Like, what what happens now? I think one of the major things is going to be the Cindy and Bobby Beef. Cindy and Bobby mm. Beef. Cindy and Bobby Beef. That's going to be something, yes. isn't it? Obviously, yes. Kathy, Kathy and Elaine are clearly going to team up. Yes. Um, yeah. There's so many things that are going to happen here, Rob. Like, exactly. such a big question. Which there's tells so you... things that can happen. Yeah, which kind of illustrates how genius it was to bring her back. Isn't it? This hasn't just yeah, been for really. a stunt. This hasn't just been for a stunt. This isn't just oh, uh, let's bring a character back from the bed. Uh, Cindy, let's bring Cindy back. Uh, like so many reasons to make this happen, and so many mm-hmm. like different storylines that are now going to evolve because of this. This is giving the Beals some good material for the next six months or so, really. And then in the run up to Christmas as well, we've got all that still to come. So is there going to be a connection? Is Cindy, you know, the body is found in the Vic. George Knight lives in the Vic. So is there going to be... Love it. Love it, love it, love it. The show is on fire at the moment, isn't it? Like, it's just literally Zoom. It's just incredible. Um, Hard to do this week, but who's your gold star going to? Cindy. Yours going to Cindy, yeah. It's got to be Cindy, right? Uh, I was stuck. I think I'm going to give mine to Bobby because I thought Clay Miller Russell actually knocked it out of the park this week. I really enjoyed okay, his performances. Yeah. Cindy and Bobby okay. getting the gold stars this week. Um, bit of an epic podcast this week. God knows how long we've been waffling on for now. Uh, and we have, I think, why not? We'll throw in some comments now from you guys. So this first comment we've got is from our Instagram page and it's from lol underscore Mary underscore C. It's been a 10 out of 10 week for sure. It had felt as high drama as we're getting a Christmas week with the build with the build up to the reveal and the aftermath. It was so exciting watching Cindy at Walford Station and then in and around the square and seeing her near characters who wouldn't know who she is. Can't wait to see who she connects with over the coming weeks. I could comment on every scene and character this week, to be honest. Great to have the Beals back on the square and I really felt the nights shone as well. Thank you to Cleders. Whoop, King Clenners. It's a clenaissance, yep. this period is. I love it, I love it, I love it. Clenaissance. Clenaissance, yeah, no, like absolutely. Uh, and then a final comment from one of our YouTube pages. Uh, Mark Phillips, 9H32, says, Phil and Alfie is bringing back a side of Phil we haven't seen much of since Nigel left. It's a nice nod to 90s Phil with a dash of Roy and Frank thrown in. Yeah, that's true, I, uh, yeah. Um, I reckon Ian will put a stop to the chippy sale, so Rocky will become increasingly desperate. Also, Rocky burning the cafe down would be pretty interesting, considering his brother once did the same. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think. I think the, the parallels are too irresistible not to do. I think, aren't they? With the yeah, uh, with definitely. the Rocky thing. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and all our comments this week were just basically people just blown away by the quality of the week. I think. Um, yeah, it was great stuff. Really, really good. So the question would be, where do you go from here next week? 
as we are here, the Stacey and Theo climax is coming. Oh, yeah. I've seen they, that. Mm. They did release a trailer for it, which was a great idea, because it's kind of like, while you're here, this is also kicking off. So that looks to be yeah. climaxing next week as we go into September. Oh, it's kind of fascinating that September is normally the time when they start throwing the big stuff out, but they just stuck the Cindy week right on the end of August, because any time can not? be a big week in EastEnders. Why not? Oh, the next Oh, because months. it's a sign of... It could be a sign of bigger things to come next month, this upcoming month, Rob. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, no. the next few months are just going to be vintage EastEnders, aren't they? It's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. What a time for us to be doing a podcast. I'm so proud to do a podcast for this show at the moment. Like, it is just absolutely amazing. And I love every week. Really. Great time. Great timing for me to come on board. Thanks, Clannis. Yeah. Cheers, Clannis. <laughs> really helped us there. there. <laughs> Right then, so yeah, next week the Theo and Stacey uh, story climaxes, so looking forward to that and seeing what madness occurs from that. Make sure you're with us. Thank you very much for watching and for listening and for enjoying this big old epic podcast this week. We will be back same time next week. Go on, Ray. Oh, I've got to give you your lines. If you'd like to give us... <laughs> keen to get off and make what? another cup of tea. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. um, if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can do the following. You can find us on Facebook at Albert Square After Dark, on Instagram and Twitter at E20 After Dark. You can like and subscribe on our YouTube channel, Albert Square After Dark, and find us on all your favourite podcast sites. You can drop us an email at E20 podcast at gmail.com and finally if you'd like to buy us a coffee you can do so by going on buymeacoffee.com forward slash e20 after dark boom there we go then Perfectly thank you Rob. Delivered. I'm thanks so for letting sorry. me say it i'm <laughs> sorry i was overexcited i forgot i was like grab stop stop saying bye i know right, i'm now so you sorry can. now i can uh yes join us for all the epicness from the stacy and theo storylines next week can't wait it's going to be an epic one until then it's goodbye from me Nice, goodbye for me. See ya. Bye.